and we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. I am Jeff Nowak. If you're watching on YouTube and I'm kind of scrolling through this article over to my right, you can find it on WWL.com. I went through each position of the 53-man roster that was decided today and broke down, you know, what my thoughts on each one, just like I did the roster projections. Previously, this is just about the actual roster rather than my guesses as to what the roster will be. So I'll leave that up there and we'll go through it. But let's hit the mailbag on Inside Black and Gold. And the first things first, we got Randall. Randall's not a big fan of Dennis Allen and he never has been. I don't think he ever will be. Uh, But I think he makes a good point. He says, let's not act like Dennis Allen cutting a proven kicker for a kid that's never kicked in the NFL and then trading him to Sean Payton was a genius move. He also says, what happens when the rookie can't kick it between the uprights? And I I agree. You know, it everything's a genius move when it works out, right? But what happens if Blake can't get it done, right? What happens if... Everything was a mirage and you get there and it's like he just he's like a deer in the headlights. You know, we saw him make kicks in the preseason, but the regular season is a different animal. When you're on the road and 70,000 people are screaming at you and you're trying to make a 55 yarder to win a game. That is a completely different animal. And it's one that I know Lutz could handle. He had his he had his warts. He missed some makeable kicks, but I always trusted him. In those clutch moments, even even that kick in, in London, I, you know, for the life of me, thought it was going in. I think everyone thought it was going in. It double doinked out from 61 yards. He was clean from 60. If you kicked another one from 60, it would have been good again. And that's what I'm worried about. And if it doesn't happen, if you end up in situations where the kicking game cost you games, whew, these moves are going to be are going to be tough. They're going to be tough. But we'll, we'll, we'll ha- we can only all we can do is wait and see. The die has been cast. And all you can do is root for the kid. And I'm rooting for the kid. He's a really cool story. He's fun. He's fun to talk to. He's really enjoyable. You know, he, he, hopefully the security at the Superdome can remember who he is. So they stop harassing him uh, before while while he's warming up in pregame. But uh, yeah. So Marco Hernandez says awesome shot of the New Orleans Saints pennant in the back. We got a lot going on back there. You got the dome patrol. You got Drew Brees. That's from his uh, record setting game. You got the Michael Thomas uh, uh, Funko Pop. You know, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. You got a Pulitzer Prize. That's 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 mine. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Um, let's go down. You know, there there was one in here that I actually thought was a really good point that I didn't get to in the Roby conversation. Dan, Don C. Roby's contract was an issue. This frees up money for a veteran offensive lineman. Now, I, I agree with this, and I also think to an extent. That's why you you moved on from the veteran specialists. And I don't think you made the decision. Like, if you felt like Will Lutz was significantly better than Blake Groupie, if you felt like Blake Gillikin was significantly better than Lou Headley, you wouldn't be making that decision based on money, right? Like, if you felt like it was a significant step back, then that money doesn't matter. What's more important is making the kicks. If you felt like they were even... Right, if you felt like there was no real tangible difference, and for one guy you are paying this much, and for one guy you're paying this much, and for that guy that you're paying, you can also ship him out and get a draft pick back. I think that makes the the choice for you. And so between Bradley Roby, Blake Gillikin, and Will Lutz, you have saved a not insignificant amount of cash. I don't have the exact numbers on me. I don't want to get them wrong, so I'm not going to try to spew them out to you. 
But, you know, as you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, what veterans are out there that we might be able to entice, particularly on the offensive line, that's not nothing. And so I, I agree with you. I think one of the reasons you cut Bradley, one of the reasons you cut Blake, one of the reasons you cut Will was because you now have freed up additional cap space so you can go do something. Uh, and I think you you got to do something on the offensive line. I mean, you brought in Trey Turner. Like, they already had that idea that they were going to try to bulk up the offensive line depth, right? And it worked until it didn't. Yeah, you got Trey to come here, but you were not able to get Trey on the field because his quad blew up on him. Uh, so, you know, I think that's still that is still in the equation. We've all seen that second string offensive line go to work, and it was not pretty in any of the preseason games. So what I will say is they didn't commit any penalties in the last game. So at least that's that bearded dragon. Are you a real bearded dragon? The DB room isn't my concern. The OL is what I'm concerned about. Yeah, we, we just got into that. I, I agree. Alvin Johnson. They are really high on Lonnie Johnson Jr. He's six I'm really high on Lonnie Johnson Jr. I feel like I've been the captain of the Lonnie Johnson Jr. fan club because I'm the only one that's been talking about him all off season. Everyone's kind of just ignored him. Um, but I think it's because he's just been solid. Like he hasn't made any mistakes. He's just been in the right place at the right time. But I will tell you when I, there was a point in camp that I just asked Dennis Allen. I was like, it seems like we're not really talking about him a lot, but you know, is Lonnie Johnson Jr. A guy that, you know, you guys feel like can get the job done at both safety cornerback, that versatility and his eyes lit up. Like he'd been waiting for someone to ask that question because I think that the coaching staff really likes Lonnie Johnson Jr. I think they really like Ugo Amadi, and I think those guys were locked into roster spots. We can talk about the competition all we want. Those guys won those spots early and never gave them up. Uh, and no, I, I, I think you're right. They, they were really high on Lonnie Johnson. I think so. We, we, got, we got a lot of people saying Traquan shouldn't have made the roster. I think that's one saying Kirkwood should have been kept over Smith. He was. Kirkwood did make the roster. You know, I, I think you had some depth there that you could have gone and kept a Shaq Davis. I'm kind of bummed that you didn't, but I understand it, especially if you end up putting Traquan on IR because that'll free up a roster spot. I think there's a chance that with Landon Young and Traquan going on IR, which I don't know if they will, but just go with me, then you could add Jalen Smith and Storm Norton probably or or right tackle to be, to be named later. That's my, that's my read on it. Um, but you... Keith Kirkwood did make this team, and that's good because I think he deserved to make this team. He also bearded dragon also says, I think it's a good roster overall and should definitely win the South. Uh, I agree with that. Scott Fontenot says playoff or bust for this team. I don't even I don't even bust is the right word. I think it's a playoff or you're you're all fired. I mean, like you can't. I, you know, it's tough to say, but I just don't see a scenario where you go into this team and you kind of have gone all in with the quarterback, with the coaching staff, with everything. And you look around the NFC South and it's never been more winnable. And I know every team in the NFC South is saying that, but the Saints are the only team that feels like they are ready right now to win it and not doing that this year. If you can't win this year, when are you going to win? 
the only thing that might save this staff if they win nine games and maybe maybe Atlanta has this crazy good year and wins 10 games and wins the South. Maybe the only thing that would save the coaching staff probably is the fact that you paid Derek Carr and you wouldn't bring in a new coach with a 37-year-old quarterback, or sorry, a 34-year-old quarterback, however old he is, and then be like, well, figure it out. No, you, that that might save him if they if they are middling. And you can be like, well, maybe one more year, but yeah, no, you got it. You got to win with this team. Uh, if you if you fall flat with this team, then you know. And I'm a pump the brakes guy typically when it comes to fire everybody. No, no. If you if you win eight games or fewer with the setup you have with the easiest schedule in the NFL, just just wipe the slate clean because it's not working. At least on offense. A couple more here. Marco Hernandez says, "Are you surprised Pete made the roster?" I assume you're talking about Pete. It says pair, but I think you're talking about Pete. I'm shocked and disappointed at Pete making the roster. Mm, I, I disagree with that. I mean, do you, it, I think Pete makes the roster as long as Pete is willing to accept a backup role to James Hurst. If he wasn't, if he, if he, if he was a malcontent and it was going to be a problem, then yes, I would say you should cut Pete. But if he's willing to be a backup guard, I, I, I mean, I have no issue with that. I think you are in much better shape with Pete than you would be with anyone off the street. I mean, <laughs> he is a starting caliber guard. He's not the greatest in the world, but he is a starting caliber guard. And that's about as good as you could hope for. For Like if you're signing someone to be a guard and back up James Hurst, I don't think you're going to find anyone better. You know, if you're going to go draft somebody, like I think Nick Saldaveri is a guy who I'd like to see develop. But no, I, I have no issue with him making the roster. Now, if you were just pigeonholing him in as the starter, I would have an issue with that because I think James Hurst has been more consistent. He's available and he's worked with Trevor Penning. And so that's what I want to see. Don C again says, Lonnie is long and covers lots of ground. I think he'll be a contributor given the chance. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Toshia Smith. Is there a chance we get Nico Lalos back? I'm not sure what that means. I, I don't, I'm not sure if you're asking whether they, they'll bring him back to the active roster or practice squad. I think that they will try to sign him to the practice squad. Um, yeah, I talked to his agent. He says he's a likely candidate for the practice squad. And so I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, you know, there's, there's, let me, I'm not sure if he's a vested veteran. Let me, let me look. Because the only question I have, and I haven't, I should have looked this up beforehand, is, oh no, he is not a vested veteran. So yeah, he has to go through waivers. So if another team claims him, then the Saints can't get him back. And so that's a question. And, you know, I talked about Lucas Kroll probably being the top candidate. Nico's probably the second highest candidate in terms of, you know, when you get three sacks in a single quarter of a game. People are going to take notice of that that might not have been paying attention. And if there's a team that had a bunch of injuries at defensive tackle and suddenly has roster spots and they don't feel comfortable with their room, yes, there's a chance. But I would guess that he doesn't. Because, again, waiver claims are not as common as as, uh, as people seem to seem to think they are. Um, and uh, I, I think you're going to get him. Okay, Michael Douglas. This will be the last one, we, and we can close on this. How about Jalen Smith? How about Jalen Smith? <laughs> I like Jalen Smith. Um, I think that he can do some very unique things as a big, strong, downhill linebacker. Now, I don't love him in coverage. 
And I think he is your Sam linebacker. Now, I think Zach Bond is also your Sam linebacker. So he becomes a little extraneous uh, if you're not going to get them both on the field. And so, you know, I think with a guy like that, and we talked about being a vested veteran, right? If you have four years of accrued time in the NFL, you don't have to go through the waiver process. So he is one of those players. Storm Norton is one of those players, right? So one of the reasons that you could potentially say, but, you know, even before they they say we're waving you, they say, hey, Jalen, come in here. Okay, don't go anywhere. We're going to cut you, but stick around because when we clear a roster spot, you're going to bring it back. Now, I don't know if that's uh, what's happening, but when we asked Dennis Allen about it today, he said uh, if there was a chance he comes back, he said there's definitely a chance. Uh, and so I think that's, the, that's most likely what ends up happening for Jalen. That said, you know, he is a guy that I think I don't I, there's I don't know how you get him on the field as often as you want to because you're not taking Demario off the field you're not taking Pete Werner off the field so are you really keeping him around just to back up those guys or would it make more sense to put him on the practice squad will he accept a spot on the practice squad he did with the Giants last year and then they ended up beating him they signed him for the active roster he played in 13 games so you know maybe that's what happens either way I expect. Jalen Smith to to be a factor, to be a, a piece in this defense at some point this season. Whether that's week one, I don't know. But I, I think that you'll bring Jalen Smith back. Oh, Randall, you're such a bummer. Okay, we have one more question. So who comes in for Michael Thomas if or when he goes down? That's a good question. You know, I feel like it's tough. I'd probably Keith Kirkwood. Probably, I think Keith would be the guy who's been working at the X primarily, and that's that's what you're talking about when you say, okay, Mike Thomas went down. Okay, who is your X receiver? Because Chris Olave is your Z. Rasheed's been working more in the slot, so I imagine he will be that guy. Probably Kirkwood. Um, and then that that would, if if Mike did go down, right, and you had to put him on IR, then I think you probably would bring up a Shaq Davis, and you would try to start working in A.T. Perry, but you know, that's, that's not a bridge that uh, I'm willing to walk across until it is built. So we will have that. But all right, I'm going to wrap this episode of Inside Black and Gold up right there. This was a special edition to break down the 53-man roster. We're there. We are a week and a half away from week one. I'm going to enjoy a few days off this weekend and just kind of get reset for the season. But I am pumped. You got the Titans in week one coming to the Superdome and I am thrilled about it. Tajay Spears is going to make everyone mad that <laughs> the Saints didn't draft him uh, but we'll talk about that at a later time. Thanks y'all for listening. I'm Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. You can follow the latest Saints content. You can check out my 53-man roster breakdown over at WWL.com Who dat? Go Saints. Be easy y'all. Peace. Peace.